you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and that is going to be one of several scriptures that I'm going to be sharing in this Easter message today. And I had put out on Facebook uh, that, uh, that I was looking for a pair of boxing gloves for my sermon today. And uh, a few people had to be funny and ask if I had a board meeting coming up and uh, what was going on. I said, nope, no board meetings, nothing like that. It's going to be all good today. I'm not fighting anybody uh, in church today. But I want to talk about the fight. And, uh, and actually, this is going to begin a series of messages that I'm going to be talking about leading up to Mother's Day. Don't worry, Mother's Day message will not be a fight, okay? But over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about this series of messages called The Fight. On October the 1st, 1975, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier, some of you may be old enough to remember this particular fight taking place, they met for the third time in what was known as the greatest boxing match of all time. After splitting their first two fights, great anticipation surrounded this particular bout, and it was to be as big as any fight had ever been, and still today is considered to be, again, the greatest fight that has ever taken place. They dubbed it the Thrilla in Manila. Some of you may remember it by that title because it was fought in Manila, Philippines. And after it was all over, it was said to uh, Muhammad Ali, said when it was over with, he said it was as close to death as he had ever been. In fact, he said he was so beat uh, that when he got into the corner after the fight, he sat down and he had to ask those in his corner to literally cut his gloves off. As they beat on one another in what was said to be a true war between two men or two warriors in a boxing ring, everyone assumed that they would go the duration of the 15 rounds in the fight and they would end with the decision after 15 rounds. But in the 14th round, Ali said that he couldn't go, when he said he couldn't go any longer, he suddenly realized that Joe Frazier just gave up before him. And it was said that even though Joe Frazier said, I want him boss, to those in his corner, those in his corner suddenly threw in the towel and they gave up. And Muhammad Ali went on to win the greatest fight of all time, the Thrilla in Manila. Ali won the fight. You know, there's been another fight that has been taking place a fight for humanity that has been taking place since the beginning of time. It's a fight that has been a fight for our souls and for our families. It's a fight for our ability to live and to function in life. And the stakes in this particular fight are higher than the stakes were at the Thrilla and Manila or any other fight that has taken place since then. This is a fight that everyone faces. This is a fight that we don't have an option of saying, hey, I don't want to take place in this fight. Every one of us are in a fight in life. And although the fight is hard at times, and even though you may feel defeated at times, rest assured today, this Easter Sunday, the fight that you and I are in has already been won. Now, I don't know about you, but if I am to enter into a fight, 
it is good news to know that the fight has already been won. Now, I was not a fighter growing up as a kid. I know some men here, they have their bragging stories. You know, they like to talk about, yeah, I was a fighter when I grew up. I wasn't one of those people, but I came pretty close to being in some fights. I'll just, you know, I wasn't a scaredy cat, but I really didn't want to enter into them because I wasn't sure I was going to win the fights that I was close to being in. But if I knew I was going to win them before I entered into them, I probably would have entered into those fights, all right? It's good news to know before you enter into the fight that you're going to win the thing. Well, I've got some good news today. The fight that you and I are in has already been won for us. And so today, and even over these next few weeks, we are going to look at the greatest fight of all time. And we're going to look at how it affects our lives today. And we're going to see today how we can live victorious in this fight that we are in. We're going to see how it was fought back then, and we're going to see how it affects our lives today. Now we're going to do this kind of like a boxing match here today, and I don't have an arena up here today, and I thought about getting a couple of guys up here to do an illustration, but I thought, you know, I didn't need any bloody noses or anything like that. So I'm just going to put it up on the screen here, all right? Um, so what I want us to do, first of all, is I want us to meet our opponents, all right? In the one corner, the first person, the first opponent that we're going to meet, his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is known as the Eternal One. He has existed since the beginning of time. He is a part of the triune Godhead, the one true God. And he goes by nicknames such as the Messiah and the Master and Teacher. Lord, and Son of God, and Son of Man. He is also to go by names such as the Way, the Truth, and the Life. He is also gone by names such as the Light of the World and Lamb of God, the Second Adam from above, Emmanuel, God with us. He is also gone by the nicknames of I Am, and King of Kings, and Lord of Lords and Redeemer, and Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, the Great I Am. He's gone by the name of the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and so many more awesome, wonderful names. That is the first opponent that we have today. This is Jesus Christ. He is the Eternal One who has existed since the beginning of time. His opponent in the other corner, his name is Lucifer. Lucifer has not existed since the beginning of time. He is a created being. He was created by God. The Bible tells us that he was one of three chief archangels. He was one, an angel in the beginning of time who had rebelled against God. He rebelled against God, and after he rebelled against God, he was dismissed from heaven. So he has not existed from the beginning of time. He is a created being. He is, I wouldn't call him an opposite of Jesus, but you have to understand Jesus is eternal. He is not eternal. He has not existed since the beginning of time. And the Bible says that he also has several nicknames. Some of Lucifer's nicknames is, today we know him as Satan which means an adversary or an enemy of God. That's what Satan means. 
Another nickname that he goes by is devil, which means a false accuser or a slanderer. He also goes by a nickname such as deceiver or tempter or the wicked one or an accuser of the brethren, one who accuses us. He is also known as the father of lies. And he is known as one who appears as an angel of light. Notice he is not an angel of light, but again as a deceiver, he appears as an angel of light. And he also prowls around like a lion. Okay, Remember the Bible says Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Satan as a deceiver prowls around like a lion. In other words, he's not truly a lion, he just thinks he is. All right? So, those are the two opponents that we have in this fight here today. We have in one corner Jesus Christ, the Eternal One, and Lucifer, who is a created being who has fallen from God, has fallen from heaven. Alright? Now, this may seem like it is a great matchup, but what we're going to learn today is that this is really no contest at all. And as we go through the Bible today, we're going to see that there were three rounds in this fight that has taken place, and every one of these rounds affects our lives here today, okay? Round number one begins in Genesis chapter 3 that I had you turn in your Bible to today. Let me lead up to Genesis chapter 3. Round number one begins in the Garden of Eden. The Bible tells us that Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was a place of perfection. It was God's ideal place that God had placed Adam and Eve in. It was a place, the Bible says, that they felt no shame. And the charge that was given to Adam and Eve when they were put in the Garden of Eden is that they were to rule over God's creation. But when we get into Genesis chapter 3, we see that Lucifer steps into the ring. All right? The deceiver steps into the ring, the, the tempter comes in here, the liar enters into the scene, and he begins to tempt Adam and Eve in the middle of the ring, and unfortunately we see Adam and Eve giving in to the temptation that is presented to them. And suddenly we find something called sin is introduced into the human race. Sin is introduced not only for Adam and Eve, but sin is introduced into the human race for you and I. And the result of their sin, and the result of sin for all of us here today, is that death enters into the scene as well. Death now enters into the fight. And it's not just a physical death, but what the Bible begins to describe to us is actually three types of death. First of all, there is a moral death that took place for Adam and Eve. A moral death means that God's life inside of them suddenly died. The life of God that was living and breathing and moving inside of them died. And whereas they were once these perfected beings living in this perfect place of the Garden of Eden, now suddenly Adam and Eve become sinful beings where they were perfect before God, suddenly they are now sinful before God, and suddenly their moral death is introduced into the fight. Not only is moral death introduced, but they experience spiritual death. Their relationship with God is broken. 
Remember, as you read through, as you go through Genesis chapter 3 there, you see that Adam and Eve, they were, again, they felt no shame, but in the cool of the evening, the Bible says, after Adam and Eve had, had sinned, the Bible says that in the cool of the evening, God came into the garden. And when God came into the garden, Adam and Eve hid from God. Why did they hide from God? Suddenly, they felt shame. Suddenly they felt they had done something wrong. Why did they have to hide from God? Their relationship with God had been broken. It had been destroyed. They had this perfect relationship with God before. But now because sin had been introduced into the scene or into the fight here, their relationship with God had been broken. Spiritual death had entered into the picture. And then later on, once they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, physical death now became a part of the picture as well. And Lucifer thought he had won the battle in the very beginning of time. He thought he had won the battle because Adam and Eve, again, they were dismissed from the garden. And they had been punished by God. Adam and Eve, again, suddenly they had felt shame. They had to hide themselves from God. Their innocence had been lost. And they became aware that they were sinful beings before God. That moral and spiritual and physical death had come into play in their lives. And now not only Adam and Eve would experience sin and death, but every person born into this world after them, including you and I today, we are born with that same sinful nature. Every one of us have that same innate desire within us that we want to do wrong. That, that we want to go our own way. And we have that desire to, to want to do what we shouldn't do. We all experience the same thing. And the result is the exact same thing that Adam and Eve experienced. Adam and Eve experienced that uh, moral and spiritual and physical death. And the same thing happens to us. Because of our sin, God's life inside of us dies. And we become sinful beings. When we sin, moral death is experienced. The life of God dies inside of us. When we sin before God, our relationship with God is broken. The connection is broken there. We are no longer in relationship. We are no longer one with God. And because of our sin, it's not just that physical death happens, but eternal death happens because the Bible tells us that in eternity, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places, and that is heaven or hell. And as long as sin is allowed to rule and reign in our lives, unless something has taken care of the sin in our lives, we will experience an eternal death in hell. And so, I mean, the, the picture gets really ugly here. And again, Satan thought he had won the battle. So when we sin, we experience this moral, and, and uh, we, we experience this spiritual and this eternal death in our lives because of sin. And so Lucifer thought he had won the battle. He really thought, you know what, I'm going to get the knockout punch here in the very beginning of time. I'm going to take out God's precious creation. However, as we're going to see in the fight today, Satan highly underestimated Jesus Christ. He highly underestimated his opponent. Genesis chapter 3, I've had you there for a while now hanging, right? Look at verses 14 and 15. Here's what I want us to see. Round number one actually goes to Jesus Christ. 
Because when God spoke to Satan after he had deceived Adam and Eve, he ends up telling Satan, he says to him, or to Lucifer, he says that you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Three things I want us to see there real quick about God's judgment that he put up on Lucifer in, this two, in these two verses. First of all, he tells Lucifer, Lucifer, you are going to eat dust all the days of your life. And this is where we get the picture of Satan being a snake. Now, I personally, I am one of those of the opinion that any snake is a, a good snake is a dead snake. Do I have any believers in that here today? Amen. I've got some amen people in my corner there today. All right. Now, I know there's some people that say, hey, they're only the poisonous snakes or the bad snakes, and there's good ones out there. Hey, you can have all of them you want. All right. But the only good snake is a dead snake. That's just that's my, uh, that's my take on it, all right? Now, we don't know that Satan became a snake, uh, per se, that, that was in this picture, but God does say here in this thing that you are going to eat dust all the days of your life. In other words, he was telling Satan here, telling Lucifer, you are going to eat dust. This is an insulting term that God is giving to him. You see, all the other animals that are created, they are all elevated up off the ground. All right, They all have feet, whether they're a little bitty animal or a big animal. They're all elevated up off the ground. But you are going to eat dust all the days of your life. I mean, this is talking to him like he's a dog, all right? This is kind of like the Chuck Norris's jokes that are out there, all right? Chuck Norris is the one who makes onions cry, those type of jokes, all right? I, I was looking at some of them today online. I know the kid, they've got all the, the Chuck Norris jokes out there. Chuck Norris threw a grenade and killed 50 people, and then it blew up, all right? Some of you will get that later on, okay? I mean, this is an insulting term. You are going to eat dust all the days of your life. In other words, you are are the lowest of low, and God was telling Lucifer in the very beginning of time, this signals for you, you are defeated in every form and fashion. You may still be in the ring, you may still be there for some other rounds in the fight, but Satan, I just want you to know, you are the lowest of low, you're the lowest dog, not just a dog, but you are a snake on the ground, and you are defeated from the very beginning of time. You will eat dust all the days of your life. Not only will you eat dust, but he says, I will put enmity, or in other words, opposition between you and the woman. And this is not just any woman, but what this is, is this is a prophetic word that soon Jesus Christ is going to come to this earth in the form of a man. Jesus is going to come to this earth. In other words, he's going to enter into the boxing ring someday. Someday when he comes into the ring, he's going to enter into the fight physically with you, and he's going to begin to fight you. And when he comes into the ring, he is going to fight you, and he is going to, there is going to be opposition between you and the offspring, Jesus Christ. And not only is he going to win this fight, but this is also a prophetic word that every person who chooses to follow Jesus Christ is also going to rule and to reign and to win the battle with him. He is going to win... And those who choose to follow him are going to win as well. 
So I mean the prophetic word from the very beginning of time is already saying, Satan, Lucifer, you are going to eat dust. You're going to be defeated. And my off- the offspring that comes from this woman, Jesus Christ, when he comes in, he is going to defeat you. Every person who chooses to follow Christ is going to defeat you. And he goes on to say, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. In other words, Satan, you're going to get some blows in on the fight. You're going to strike his heel. You're going to have a chance. Remember, you're going to be eating dust. (laughs) You're going to have a chance to strike his heel just a little bit. But I want you to know in the very end of time, he's going to crush your head. You will be ultimately defeated in this fight. So Satan thought, you know what? I've got one up here. I'm going to take out God's creation in the very beginning of time. I'm going to get them to fall and to sin. And I'm going to get them kicked out of the garden. And I'm going to get them to rebel against God just like I rebelled against God and got all these other angels to fall. I'm going to get the, I mean, I'm going to get the wind and blow right in the beginning of time. But God said, listen here, Satan, you are going to eat dust. And not only is Jesus Christ going to defeat you, but every person who chooses to follow Jesus Christ, they are going to win this battle. And this was decided in the very beginning of time amen so round number one ding ding here all right round number one belongs to Jesus Christ all right round number two begins 4,000 years later approximately 4,000 we don't have the time of exactly when the Garden of Eden started but it was about 4,000 years earlier than when the cross took place round number two took place at the cross Jesus Christ now comes again into the center of the ring. He was born of a virgin woman by the name of Mary. That prophetic word came true that God had spoken in Genesis chapter 3. The way, the truth, and the life has now entered into the center of the ring. And the purpose of Jesus coming to this earth again was to restore in us the life of God that has been lost because of sin. The moral failure that has happened there. The moral, because of moral sin that has been lost there. Not only because of the moral that has been lost there, but He has come to restore to us our relationship with God. He has come to restore to us because again, sin means that relationship with God has been broken. And so Jesus Christ came to restore our relationship with God the Father. And He came not only to restore to us life, and He came not only to restore to us relationship with God, but He also came to give to us everlasting life. Or in other words, He came to provide a way for every one of us to go to heaven. I don't know about you, but that's some good news today. Because again, I mean eternity, heaven or hell, and we're the ones who choose the path here. I I mean, God has made the way, He's provided here, but we're the ones who make the decision here. And so God has provided the way through Jesus Christ. The way has been provided here. And so He has come through Jesus Christ to provide the way for every one of us to be able to go to heaven. Jesus has now entered into the middle of the boxing ring. But all of this to be provided for you and I, would come at a great price. It all would come at a great price. In other words, in order for us to be restored into a relationship with God, in order for us to be made right with God, 
in order for us to have the life of God in us, in order for us to be able to go to heaven when we die on this earth, someone was going to have to pay the price for our sins. Because again, sin is the problem. Sin is, sin is the problem that stands in the way. And someone was going to have to die. And so Jesus Christ, when He came to this earth, He came to give His life, the Bible says, as a ransom. Or in other words, to die. And to pay the price for every single person that was not only living then, but for every single person that would ever live the rest of time upon this earth. You see, someone was going to have to die on the cross. Someone was going to have to shed their blood. Something has to die for sins. And Jesus Christ was the one who was willing to come to this earth. You see, God doesn't want us to die because of our sins. That's the result of sin, is death. And God doesn't want us to die because of our sins. And so what God did is He sent a substitution, Jesus Christ, to die in our place for our sins. And then when we get to Luke chapter 22, verse 42, we find Jesus in the anguish of this fight. Jesus is in the garden and He's praying right before He is arrested and beaten, and taken to the cross. And Jesus begins to pray. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Now, he's not holding a cup. In other words, he's saying, Father, if you will, let this moment pass from me. If you will, God, let this moment pass me by. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And the Bible says, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was in anguish in the middle of the ring. Jesus is in a fight here. Yes, letting the, letting the cup, letting the moment pass by would have been easy. Letting the moment pass by, I mean all the pain and taking the weight of the world of your sin and my sin and the sin of billions of people that would ever live upon this earth. Yes, that would have been so easy. I mean, he could have called 10,000 angels to have come down to the earth and to have rescued him in that moment. All he had to do was speak the word and they could have come and they could have delivered him. I mean, he could have skipped that round. And that would have been so easy. But Jesus loved us so much that He was willing to die in our place for sinful humanity. I want us to watch this video and I want us to see just how much Jesus loves us when He went to the cross. That was your sin and my sin that put Jesus on the cross. That was our sin that He took there. All of that punishment and everything that He did, everything that He went through was so that we wouldn't have to experience. See, you and I are the ones that deserve that. You realize that? We're the ones that deserve to go through all that, but He loves us so much that He was willing to come to this earth and say, I'll take it for you.
I'll die in your place. I'll, I'll take the cross. I'll take the nails. I'll, I'll take the beatings and the punishment and the crown of thorns. I'll take all of that so that you don't have to take it. So that you can have life. So that you can be saved and set free. See, once again, Lucifer thought he had won the victory. Once again, he thought he had won. But again, he highly underestimated the power of the cross. You see, to a lot of people, the cross is foolishness. To a lot of people, it's just a piece of jewelry that they wear around their neck. But you see, the cross is powerful because it shows us our guilt and our sin. The cross shows us that our heart truly is sinful. Was that gruesome to watch? Sure it was. But you know what? It shows me, Rick Smith, you really are a sinner that needs Jesus. And I need moments like that. I need to see the cross for what it really is because it shows me my need for Jesus Christ. The cross not only shows us our guilt and our sin, but the cross shows us God's hatred for sin. We have to realize that God hates sin. God has no toleration for sin. God has no middle ground for sin. There's not a, a gray area for Him. It, it, sin leads to death. We also need to see that the cross shows us again the depth of God's love. God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Jesus. He loved every one of us so much that He gave His one and only Son to come and to die upon the cross for our sins. Not only that, but the cross also shows us the way to victory. The cross is a victorious thing. The Apostle Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So in other words, the cross shows us the way to victory. Satan underestimated the power of the cross. You see, he thought he won the battle in the Garden of Eden. He thought, hey, I'm going to get the knockout blow in the very beginning. Round number one, I'm going to win it. But you know what? Jesus Christ really had the, winning, the, the win in, in round number one. 4,000 years later, he thought at the cross, I am going to win right here because I'm going to put him in the grave. But again, he underestimated the power of the cross. Jesus Christ wins round number two. Ding, ding. All right? Then we come to round number three, the final round. Round number three is only three days later. 4,000 years between round one and round two, but between round two and round three is actually between Friday and early Sunday morning. It's not even really a full three days. We call it three days because it's between Friday and Sunday. But round three is the resurrection or the empty tomb. This is the final round. This is the winning blow. Three days in the tomb, Satan thought for sure, I have won the victory. Lucifer thinks, I have, I, I've won it all now because what should have been a slow, torturous death upon the cross, 
Jesus went through so much punishment that it was actually a quick and gruesome death. His body had been prepared and embalmed in the fashion of the day as bodies had been done at that time. The tomb had even been sealed and Roman guards were even standing at duty at the, at the tomb to make sure that no one broke in and stole the body to try to uh, to, to make up some story that he had been resurrected. So the tomb had been sealed. It was greatly guarded so that no one could make up a story. And all the followers of Jesus are grieving. Death seemed to be a sure thing. But again, as always, Lucifer had once again underestimated his opponent. He'd once again underestimated Jesus. And yes, he was able to strike the heel of Jesus. I'm sure when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he thought, yep, I'm able to strike his heel here. I'm able to get some blows in. I'm I'm able to get some punches in. And and they're able to take the sword and jab it into the side and the crown of thorns, all these things. I'm able to strike the heel of the Son of God. But you see, he seemed to forget that prophetic word way back in Genesis chapter 3, that that offspring from the woman, Jesus Christ, is going to crush his head (laughs) that Jesus Christ is going to stomp on his head he is going to crush him he seemed to forget the word of, of Jesus when Jesus was comforting Mary and Martha at the tomb of their brother Lazarus just before Lazarus was raised from the dead John 11 25 Jesus told them I am the resurrection and the life in other words I can raise the dead because I am the one who raises the dead and I can rise from the dead my You see, Jesus was telling them that I will rise again from the dead. And because I can rise again from the dead, you too can rise again and you too can live. Jesus Christ gets the winning blow at the empty tomb. Let's watch the video here. Jesus Christ got the winning blow. Amen? He got the winning blow at the resurrection. You see, time and time again, Lucifer thought he had won. And he tried so hard, but he underestimated his opponent. The Bible says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Jesus Christ is greater than all the powers of hell. He's greater than all the powers that Lucifer has. Jesus Christ is greater than that. And even the grave was not able to hold Jesus Christ down. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Jesus Christ is greater. And Jesus Christ is determined today at the winning bell today. He is the winner, the winner of the greatest fight of all. Jesus Christ is the champion today. Can I get an amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Jesus Christ is a champion. Amen? Now, what does that fight mean for us because you said pastor those rounds every one of those were supposed to mean something for us here's what it means for us today first of all because jesus christ died on the cross for our sins it means we can be forgiven because you see every one of us the bible says are sinners every one of us just like adam and eve sinned and they fell every one of us have a sinful nature about us and if we're all honest all would admit the truth, we all sin as well, right? But you know what? We can be forgiven of our sins. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, 
and that if we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. Every one of us today can be forgiven of our sins. The Bible says that when Jesus Christ forgives us of our sins, He wipes those things away as far as the east is from the west. He, he makes it a clean slate. We are pure and whiter than snow. Our sins make us dark and, and ugly. I, I mean, our, our hearts are are just nasty and ugly before God. But when Jesus, the, the, the blood of Jesus, covers our sins, it, we are pure and white before God. We are cleansed and made whole before Him. So because Jesus died on the cross, and because He rose again from the dead, victorious today, every one of us can be forgiven of our sins. Not only that, but because Jesus lives today, we can live too. You see, it wasn't just about the cross and about the resurrection, but Jesus said when He came, He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Again, He came to give us the life of God. He came to give us eternal life. He wanted the life of God to be restored in us. Remember, Adam and Eve lost that in the very beginning of time. That moral death that they experienced. The life of God had died inside of them. Jesus came to restore that. And I want you to know today, it's not just about saying, Jesus, forgive me the bad things that I've done so I can go to heaven. But God wants you to have life today. He wants you to have His life, His resurrected life, living and breathing and, and moving inside of you. Every day that you live, He wants eternal life living inside of you. Jesus came to give you that. And because He died and rose again from the dead, you can have the life of God living inside of you. Because He lives, you can live too. Not only that, but because Jesus is victorious, you can be victorious. You can overcome every day in your life. You can overcome the, the, the battles that you face. You can overcome the addictions and the struggles that you face in life. You can be healed in your life. The, the, the past and, and the things that you've gone through, and you, you say, man, my life is broken and it's falling apart, and those hurts and things of the past that I'm experiencing. Listen, the Bible tells us that He has caused us to be born again and to a living hope. First Peter tells us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, because He lives today, we can live too. And we can have hope for every situation that we face today. And finally, because Jesus Christ is alive today, and because He reigns, we will reign with Him forever in heaven. Because Jesus Christ is alive today, when we put our faith and our trust in Him. Again, Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25, whoever believes in Me, though he die, yet shall he live. It's not just about living physically on this earth, but it's about eternity in heaven. Jesus Christ has provided and paved the way for every one of us to live in heaven forever and ever and ever, never to die again. Amen? Jesus Christ has paved the way for every one of us.